and welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC Podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I am joined, as always, by Jason Gibbs. Jason, we've got the NFL draft in about, I think, five days, if I'm doing the math correctly. How are you doing? Great time of year, Dan. Excited, pumped, pumped about this episode. And, man, just a few days away, and some of these guys' dreams are going to come true. The, for me, the best part of the draft is obviously, obviously the first round. Okay. Like that's, that's like the times where we get to really see some of the NFL teams shape out for next year. And some of the college guys, which teams they will be fit in the, the best and whatnot. But I, I love day three for whatever reason. I am the guy that if I am free, I'm going to watch Saturday from noon all the way till seven eight o'clock when it's over and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of those day three guys as well as obviously the first two days that your eyes are bleeding right what's up watch it till your eyes are bleeding pretty much i mean hey we do it every saturday during college football season basically true you know you know what one of the best things is uh, if you're into recruiting at all you've followed these guys since high school so you see the high school and then they chose where they're going to be and they get all their offers and then they commit and then they go and then they make something of themselves. They take that next step forward. And now they're going to become professionals. And it's just just kind of a, an amazing thing to watch. These guys literally realizing their dreams. It really is. I it's so exciting. I love just the look on their faces, the tears, the families that they show. That's the best. So, yeah. So before this episode, a couple hours ago, Jason, I sent you this mock draft from CBS Sports from just today, earlier today. So it's fresh off of the press. It was by, I have not heard of this guy. This guy's name is Ryan Wilson, but he seems like a pretty reputable NFL draft analyst. Uh, So, yeah, I sent you this draft mock draft full seven rounds and if this is accurate i mean the one thing that stood out to me is carlos boogie basham 22nd overall to the titans i don't know if that could happen i'm thinking of him more as a day two to three pick not three round two to three pick pleasantly surprised if he goes in the first but he was a second edge to be taken from the acc I mean, what are we making of that? You really think that's realistic? I was I was excited to see that. I was I mean, if I'm a Deeks fan, I'm excited to for that to even kind of be mentioned. Um, well, you know, one of my biggest takeaways where we had seven ACC players drafted in this in the first round, and I mean, you could go seven and a half if you want to include Notre Dame's uh, Koromoa, but. We'll we'll stick with seven since Notre Dame's already out out of the league again this year. But yeah, Boogie Basham that would be a, a night. You know, Jalen Phillips mid round mid first round pick um, going to Miami in this particular draft, which would be kind of funny because he obviously played the University of Miami, so he wouldn't have to move very far. But a lot of talent, a lot of uh, just like you said, just so much intrigue the first round all the way through, Mister Irrelevant. Great drama. Mr. Irrelevant was actually Paris Ford, speaking of which. He went to the box. <laughs> Man, that guy's fallen off a cliff last since last season. 
Yeah, he really has. I I think he's one of those guys that teams are just overlooking. All right, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. Some people say he has like locker room issues. It might just be a matter of what NFL teams love to do is look too much into this stuff and they really don't know the kids, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know he, he did run a terrible 40, a very slow 40, especially for a safety and, you know, speed's kind of the first thing that they look at because the NFL has played at such a fast pace. So uh, not, not necessarily a good thing. Uh, you run a, a slow 40 in a position where speed is, is key. No, I, I don't know. That seems so inaccurate to me. All those 40 times because they were they were not the same, like, machine measuring it. You know, it was all on different college campuses. So, like, have you seen Duke's times? Like, Michael Carter, the DB, ran, like, the fastest time of all the ACC guys. He ran, like, a sub-4-3, I think, and I don't remember him being that fast. So... I think it was a little bit flawed. Obviously, when you're talking about a matter of tenths of seconds, you need like the high tech technology. And I don't know if they really got that as much on college campuses versus the NFL combine sites. Yeah. And, you know, college campuses, they're, they're, you know, the combines normally indoors. So was any of this wind aided? Was any of this, you know, running against the wind or whatever? So you're right. Uh, it's probably, some of the, the times that were reported could be suspect one way or the other. Mostly to the favor of the player, but I guess in this case with Paris Ford, not so much. Uh, yeah, you mentioned JOK, a guy a lot of people really like, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. We're not going to talk too much about him, but I, I see him as the next Isaiah Simmons in terms of, all right, maybe he's not as versatile, but he's just – I mean, so well-rounded, covers so much ground. I think he could almost have the skill set to play safety as a linebacker, so I really like Ousu Karamoa. And speaking of Isaiah Simmons, the Cardinals actually in this mock draft selected Ify Melifonwu at 49th overall, so he was the first of those Syracuse DBs to be selected. That would be pretty cool for a guy his size. What's he? I think he's like 6'4 or something very unique with the length to be able to move his hips that well. He almost reminds you of like an Antonio Cromartie. I mean, I don't know if that's a lazy comparison because it's just the same thing. Another quarterback cornerback that's tall, but it's crazy. His combination of size and athleticism for that position. Yeah. Normally when they're, when they're young, if they have that uh, size, they're kind of almost forced to be converted over to wide receiver right so you know props to him for sticking with it and then you know obviously he's going to be drafted where he where he lands we'll find out but uh, definitely you know props to him for his hard work and and really grinding it out to become an NFL player also the Syracuse DB Cisco went 75th to the Cowboys Trill fell a little bit 140th to the Steelers but all three of them are very much expected to be drafted. All right. Speaking, I th honestly, think uh, you know, Cisco was one of my. That's that's too far down for him. I I would expect him to to go higher than that. Uh, this particular analyst had uh, him getting going to number seventy five to the Cowboys. I think that would be the steal for the Cowboys. 
So what would that be? 32, 60. That'll be third round. All right. Third round, yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see him as second round talent. I don't know if I necessarily think he felt that far if he went to the 75th. I think people, he's another guy people overlook because he didn't have like the most eye popping numbers in his last couple of years of college, but he's, and he, he got burned a couple of times, like really badly. So his, his like numbers, QB rating against, et cetera, aren't that great, but I think he's just a really good cover guy, good like center field type dude who just like not maybe not a ball hawk at his size, but he just kind of sees the field really well, reads the quarterback and takes away a deep threat. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, kind of like maybe a I don't know, maybe he fits well in my jet system. Well, I actually I was about to say that because our old our old defensive coordinator Greg Williams would have like two safeties play like really deep, but I just realized he very well deservingly got fired. <laughs> but how do you really feel is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, but Actually, you know one one pick I you know, talking about the first round and stuff. One pick I really liked was uh, they have Christian Darisol going to 13 uh, to San Diego and. You know, what you want to do with a young franchise quarterback like Justin Herbert is protect him, right? Give him more time. We we saw Herbert really blow up last year. Solidifying that offensive line is only going to go further to uh, for him, his development and the success of the Chargers. Like that pick. Do you see a non – I don't know. Do you see a Herbert in this year's class? So like non top five picks. So I'm expecting obviously Lawrence to go number one, uh, field, not fields Wilson to go number two to my jets three. I mean, I would hope it's Justin Fields. I'm kind of afraid it might be Mac Jones, but do you see like any of the guys I didn't just mention like a Trey Lance or something? Do you think you see him like being like really good and potentially one of the top quarterbacks in this class? Yeah. I mean, I see Fields as being great, and I keep seeing him slip, and I, I don't know why. I, I mean, yeah, so the thing when he left, left Georgia was kind of strange. It was kind of weird um, for whatever the reasons was. If he was using an excuse to escape or if it, you know, the things, whatever was claimed really happened whatever the reason was it could have been viewed. He was quitting on his team or he didn't get his way. So he left or whatever. However, the second he stepped on the field at Ohio state, I mean, all that probably should have gone away uh, because he clearly should have been starting over Jake Fromm at Georgia. And oh yeah, if, if he had, you know, maybe that championship against Alabama turns out differently. I don't know. Uh, regardless, you know, the guy cracks his ribs against Clemson comes back out and has an insane second half. I mean, I thought at that point, like maybe the Tigers were going to get back in it, but he just slammed the door on him. And so he's got a toughness. He's got the athleticism. I, I don't know if he drops really far, I, I would say, you know, that that's a possibility as far as Lance Lance is going to be one of the most intriguing prospects to me. Because obviously the quarterback position is paramount in the NFL. 
gone are the days where you can kind of win with an also ran quarterback. You know, it's just too much of a passing league now. Um, and, you know, I, I always hearken back to one of the things that, that Bill Parcells used to say. And he said that he had this formula about guys needed to make X number of starts and they needed to, you know, I think he even said like they need to graduate and this, that, and the other, not necessarily before the draft, but I don't know. Lance has so few starts. How is that going to play in? I mean, everything you hear about him off the field, A plus, you know, off the field, A plus in, in the film room and A plus working out and all that stuff. But he's played one game in 16 months. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the talent's there. Is he going to go somewhere and, and develop kind of like an Aaron Rodgers did? Aaron Rodgers went to Green Bay and yeah. sat for a while. And it didn't hurt his career at all. Clearly, he's going to be, he's going to go down one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Obviously, Hall of Famer, won a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. So where Trey Lance goes will be interesting. The thing about Trey Lance to me, if you want to have a guy that's going to start right away and win you football games, don't pick Trey Lance. But if you want a guy to invest in the future, you know, you have an aging starting quarterback and you want a guy to like, – kind of like exactly what the Packers did. Like you want a guy to stock away for the future once your aging starting quarterback retires, then that's where you want to pick Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, it's always – you know what kind of reminds me of? Reminds me of – when the NBA was allowing high school players into the draft, everyone was afraid of passing on the next Kobe on the next Kevin Garnett that you had all these like Kwame Brown type guys getting drafted because they didn't want to look back and said, Oh man, we could have had this guy and we passed on him because we thought he was a project and he had to sit. So I don't think Trey Lance slips very far, but I'm with you. He, he maybe should, especially because if he goes in the top 15, those are all teams that really weren't that great this past year. So that means they probably didn't have a great quarterback. And so is he going to come in and have too much thrust upon him with so little experience? I agree. And back to the ACC, and I'm going to look a little bit at the end of the draft. So these were two guys that I thought should have gone a little bit earlier. I'll start in i'll start with chris rump from duke so the obviously there's a very deep group of edge rushers this year so it, it's like you can't have everybody go in the first two days but chris rump is i mean he could he has unique coverage skills i feel like as an edge rusher you know he's more of a three four up linebacker kind of guy but I, I think Chris Rump should go earlier than the fifth round. Also, another kind of guy that's like that, Charles Snowden for Virginia, late sixth. I think he's he's going to be a steal. Kind of like, I mean, kind of like Bryce Hall from Virginia last year. I know I'm talking, you know, same college and I'm talking about my own NFL team. But he was another kind of the same situation where he came off of an injury, fell a lot in the draft stock and became a really good player in his rookie year. I actually, you know, you and I were talking about, we were just kind of analyzing this mock draft. Guys that we thought might be steals. And I agree totally about Charles Snowden. I don't know why. I mean, maybe, I, you know, obviously I'm not an NFL scout, uh, 
that you know of anyway. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be a steal. I think he's going to be great. His athleticism, his length. Um, yeah, he's got, you know, he's a little raw at times. But I think, especially in the, in the right situation, he could really step up and then it'd be one of those picks where we look back years from now, like, can you believe Snowden went in, you know, sixth round or, or, or whatever. So definitely, definitely, I'm definitely high on Snowden. So we mentioned the edge rushers like Snowden, like Rumpf. I think that's, we, we could agree that's like the top position, not only overall, but that the ACC has to offer. What else do you think, I mean, in terms of the top positions and like the worst positions, you look at this from a holistic standpoint, what is our conference really providing this year to the NFL and what is our conference lacking? Well, I mean, you know, we had on, on a, one of our past uh, award-winning podcasts, we had our, our mock draft, right. Um, where, where we drafted some ACC players and pretending we were NFL GMs, but we we're only drafting ACC players. And I think all three of us kind of came to the same conclusion that the wide receiver room was a little light. Um, we have Diami Brown, probably, you know, the, the top guy. And then there's quite a bit of drop off. I mean, Daz Newsom was good at, at UNC and, and there's, there's been, uh, you know, Sage Surratt for Wake Forest, those type of guys. But I think that's pro it's probably, um, probably one of our weaker drafts in, in the ACC as far as wide receivers. That's not where we're really excelling this year. I mean, yes, you're right about edge rushers, especially there's three from Miami alone. Um, cornerback, the DB position, especially, you know, we mentioned the Syracuse three, Cisco, Melifonwu, and Trill Williams. Obviously, Caleb Farley is going to be a first-round pick for Virginia Tech. That's a that's a source of strength this year. That 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 would be up there. Um, mm -hmm. So those would probably be that you know my maybe my weakest. I hate to say weakest, but just maybe not as deep as years past would be wide receiver. But then edge rushers and cornerback or DBs would be two of our strengths. I would agree with all those points. I think I said also the safeties. I mean, you have Cisco, Nazrul Dean. Um, Divine Diablo. I feel like we haven't talked about him enough on our podcast, but from Virginia Tech, he should be. I mean, he'll be probably a third guy selected from Virginia Tech, maybe even the fourth with Khalil Herbert. But I think he could be a day two pick. And he's, I mean, he's known as a strong hitting safety. So, like, not the NFL prototype, but he definitely has the NFL skill set. So that's another guy. Yeah. Virginia Tech's going to have a great draft this year. I mean, as you know, hats off to them and, and all the Hokie coaches putting guys um, in the NFL, even when that's sometimes the record isn't necessarily reflective on the field, still putting guys to the next level. So I think when it comes to the top ACC teams in terms of who's going to be drafted. So I'm going to say number one would be Florida state actually over Clemson. So it's between Florida state and Clemson for number one, but I look I look at the guys from Florida State. I mean, they have a lot of, like, guys that didn't necessarily perform well in college but just have all this talent. And a lot of them are guys that transferred over to Florida State later on in their college career. So I don't know if you can necessarily claim them. But, like, I, like all right, 
yeah, Asante Samuel Jr., Josh Kando, Janarius Robinson, Smorian Terry, Hamza Najaldeen, Marvin Wilson. Those are the guys I've written down. So six guys that are projected to be Florida State draft picks. With Clemson, I think they'll only have five with Justin Ross gone. So I'm thinking the two wide receivers, Powell, Rogers, obviously Trevor Lawrence, um, Travis Etienne, and Jackson Carmen. So they could all be relatively safe bets to be draft picks, but I don't see anybody else from Clemson. Am I missing anybody? I think that's all I had down too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like you said, I think the Clemson guys, I mean, not, you know, they, they had the, the success on the field. And so they're going to be in the spotlight more. Um, so they're probably going to have just, you know, maybe grab more headlines because they're going to be drafted sooner. Obviously, with with Lawrence being number one, it just really shines the spotlight on them. And like you said, Florida State hasn't really lived up those expectations over the last couple of years. So some of their guys kind of sink lower. Um, you know, the Marvin Wilsons, we he has him in and going in round five. And I don't I don't think a couple of years ago that's what we would have predicted. I think you know Marvin Wilson coming out of high school, you know, much ballyhooed recruit. And to see him kind of slip this far, I still think he has talent. And, and you know, it's been proven out over and over again that um, how recruits are rated and how many stars they have actually does end up being statistically significant. It's not a guarantee, of course. But um, so a guy like Marvin Wilson gets drafted and late – maybe has a chance to come in and, and contribute kind of under the radar, no pressure on him and can excel. I, yeah. And the re the reason I brought this up, obviously, like I said, the Florida state Clemson thing, but back to what you were saying about Virginia tech and them having a really good draft, they could be third, maybe. I think there's a couple of teams that could have four. So Miami, they have, Phillips, Rousseau, Roche, the three edge rushers, and Brevin Jordan. Now, I might, every, might like get all screwed up because I'm hearing that their kicker, Jose Borregales, might get drafted, and that's just going to screw up all of our lists because <laughs> we have not talked once about special teams and kickers. Maybe we should. Well, besides, we, we've gave, given some love to Presley Harvin on the podcast, but that's true. That. So, yeah, I think Virginia Tech, Miami, also UNC. They have like a bunch of guys that could go day two from the skill positions. Yeah. Carter, obviously, Javante Williams, uh, Daz Newsome, Deami Brown. And they then, could have um, Surratt, linebacker, Chess Surratt. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's five guys. So maybe UNC could be third. And then I think Pittsburgh's going to be one of those teams that have like a million day three picks. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, Virginia's going to have a couple guys. Uh, Tony Poljan, uh, we've mentioned Snowden. Uh, Boston College, Isaiah McDuffie, uh, Hunter Long at the tight end position. You know, really going to – I feel good about this draft for the ACC. I feel much better. I think we'll represent ourselves much better in the NFL than we did in college. That That's for sure. True. Because Notre Dame kind of – besides Clemson carried our reputation last year. I mean, look, look, the AC was much better because UNC and Miami were both good, but I feel like we're always looking at giraffes, NFL giraffes, and there's so much more talent 
than what is representative of us in terms of ace like out of conference wins and stuff yeah i mean i think so obviously you know um clemson made the playoffs and, and notre dame was kind of an honorary member last year but i i think kind of people were sort of sitting around waiting for the acc to have a hiccup or two and then you know we had we saw unc kind of have that unconscionable loss to florida state uh people were like see uh, there it is they're weak they're weak they should have never been ranked high and then they crushed us in the, the conference as a whole kind of the rest of the year but if, if you take away that win then then unc's um higher and maybe the conference is viewed as you know a little bit a little bit better light i do think this upcoming year we're gonna have you know feel a lot better about ourselves overall than we did this past year you know everything's going to be back to normal you're going to have teams practicing throughout the spring and there'll be that continuity so teams like florida state that had a new head coach can kind of be on equal footing as the rest of, as the rest of the team so I, I like i like our draft and i like our our future going ahead i i just caution myself in saying that because I said the exact same thing last year. I did. I was like, yo, the ACC is going to be so much better. Even pre-Notre Dame joining the conference. And we just didn't have the depth. Like, we had three teams, but NC State being our fourth best team, probably. Look, they were solid, but I don't think they finished in the top 25, did they? No, but I'm, honestly, Dan, I, I just last year, it was just so such a weird, anomalous year. Obviously, we were all very aware of what was going on with coronavirus and, and whatnot. But you had empty stadiums. You had teams having to take breaks. You had games flipped around. You had, you know, like teams couldn't schedule this game, so they had to do this. And I just – overall, I mean, sure, Alabama won it all. They were the most deserving. They went undefeated in the SEC, you know, won 10 games or whatever. Okay, yeah, they were the clear best team. That's fine. But as far as I, I just think there was anomalous results, not just in ACC, but throughout the land. And I don't think I think this year will, you know, stadiums are going to be you know back to normal and the schedules are going to be back to normal. I, I think I, I'm not making excuses for us. OK, I'm, I'm really not. I just think it's just hard to put any sort of weight on last year, good or bad. OK, all right. Yeah, and, and we have a lot of return, like the quarterback, for example. Look, we have only Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Yes, Jamie Newman, but in general, like the quarterbacks are all returning. So that's why I think it's it's kind of a national consensus that the ACC is the best quarterbacks in the uh, college football landscape next year. I mean, I saw this tweet, like somebody's like, here are all the ACC quarterbacks, here are all the SEC quarterbacks. And most people in the comments are saying the ACC is better. So, Yeah, I mean, think about even, even Clemson, who's lo losing the number one overall pick. I mean, they're replacing him with a, a you know, five-star Uyangale. So, oh, that's, yeah. rocket arm, big guy, you know. So, it's not like they're, they're falling off a cliff. By the way, I'm, I'm kind of curious because this is – something that's kind of split among the football community, but 
when you're watching the NFL draft on Thursday, are you an ESPN yeah. or an NFL network guy? I'm actually an ESPN guy. I, um, it's, it's a little less watchable for me than it used to be. I used to be like, okay, ESPN was it. That was, that was the only one. Um, some of the stuff recently, like some of the production stuff or whatever, it's, I, I could do without, but I mean, I always used to, you know, like years ago, I, I used to like love watching Chris Berman and, and Kuiper and all those guys that kind of, I mean, they, they made the draft into a spectacle, right? I mean, they used to draft every, like, just basically hand a card and read off a name, hand a card, read off a name. This was, you know, years ago before it was like even really relevant or televised and ESPN kind of turned it into, to the spectacle that it is. They, they created an industry and I know people always like to give Kuiper a hard time and hassle him. And I understand why they do that, but the guy basically invented an industry and turned it into like a, a multi-million dollar thing. So it's, it's kind of cool. So I, I stick with ESPN. Okay. I personally, like, I don't think the NFL network brings that much to the table. All right. They, in general, like, all right. I love the NFL network because they sponsor NFL red zone, which is the greatest program TV program to ever exist. Scott Hansen is the <laughs> most greatest guy in the entire world. Like, just love listening to him narrate football games. He's just, he just harnesses like all of football fans inner energies and brings it to the table on Sundays. But like the NFL network in terms of draft doesn't really provide that much to me. I, the only reason I like ESPN is I just love the primetime music when they're showing the highlights. Like yeah. that, that gets me. Hyped. Definitely gets you hype. Yep. Yeah. So maybe that. I mean, can you imagine though being a prospect and hearing that music and then they're dee, 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 and then they're showing you Dan Siegel drafted, you know, it just would be I, I don't know if it could be topped, you know. I mean, other than like winning a Super Bowl, that would have to be one of the highlights of your of your career. I'm maybe even more. Well, first off, most people don't win Super Bowls, but it depends on the kind of person you are. Winning a Super Bowl is pretty insane, but like this is a personal moment. You've worked so hard. You get to share it with your family. Yeah. It's speaking of which you think Trevor Lawrence will credit his family, his coaches or teammates or God first. Well, is, is the draft going to be in person? I don't, I don't even know. I know I should know that, but I, I kind of lost. Track no, it of... is in person. So there are some people that are going to show up a lot less a lot fewer people than most years, but I think Trevor Lawrence was on the list. So regardless, he'll oh, get so he, is, he is going to show up. Yeah. And if not, he'll okay. definitely be interviewed. So. Right. I'm just, I, I would just <laughs> ask that. I guess it's a fun prop. That <laughs> you know, it'd be hilarious if, the, if he didn't show up and he didn't even put any cameras. So they just said his name and they're on to the next name. <laughs> well, I mean, Don't even talk to the number one guy. That's how it should be. because We all know who it's going to be. <laughs> we're really wondering is who the jets are taking right that's what everybody cares about yeah true but look before we before we get to, to the jets and your team your beloved jets 
let me ask you this. What do you think about, um, you know, Lawrence coming in, number one, obviously knows we ha- he has all the skills and et cetera. But what do you think about him being paired with Urban Meyer? Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I don't know if you're if you're a game day guy or if you're a Fox uh, college football guy for pregame shows, but you know, I, game day obviously wasn't quite the same this past year, and sometimes I I would find myself kind of gravitating toward the analysis by Urban Meyer on the Fox um, the pregame show, and I was like, man, this guy. I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing. Right. But uh, there was just those really kind of intricate moments that I would think escape a lot of people. And so him going into the league where you have to turn in those 80 hour weeks and you live in a cave and watch film all the time. I don't know how it'll be. I mean, I think he's surrounding himself by a lot of good coaches, but it's going to be interesting to have a brand new guy at quarterback and a brand new guy uh, first time ever coached in the NFL. Granted, he has coaching experience, but it's going to be so intriguing. It's going to, it's just, I want to see Trevor Lawrence get screwed up because I don't know, or I don't want to see it, but you know what I mean? Like, how would that happen? You know, he's just like so good. It would be so like, like what scenario could you put Trevor Lawrence in so that he doesn't like become at the very least like a, solid NFL starting quarterback yeah it would be I mean because you know the second he stepped on the field you, some guys you just say okay they're definitely going to be you know a star or they're definitely going to be at, at the next level they might not end up being a star depending on a lot of factors around them some other guys you're not sure the second he stepped on the field you're you're like okay, that I can tell even if I know nothing about or barely anything about football He's going to be at the next level. He's going to be good. Um, you know, I was thinking he, maybe that I think it was. A, yeah, it was, was it last year or the year before. I can't remember. Kind of getting my years confused where that kind of first half of the year he was pressing. I think it was last year and he had thrown some interceptions. And I think he, at one point he had like nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. I think. Yeah, I know. You're, that was two years ago. OK, two years ago. Yeah. And then. He turned it on and he was like a, a superstar. I think if he gets in that sort of situation where he pressing feels like he has to do too much, feels like he has to live up to something. And instead of just playing the game, kind of making it as simple as possible, going through your reads and progressions, you might see some of that. But I agree with you long term outside of an injury, of course. I can't see him at, at the bare minimum being like a 10 year starter. I like, I'm not saying he's an automatic top five quarterback in the NFL. He definitely needs coaching and like the right things to happen for him to be a superstar. But I'm saying he's at the very least an NFL quarterback that will survive in the league. Right now, him being a, a 10 year, 12 year starter that has solid numbers or whatever, people might consider that a bust since he would be the number one overall pick. I don't, I'm not sure. You know, people are kind of, harsh about things like that but no you can't, um, you can't say that the value yeah, of, i mean the value yeah. of like a mediocre nfl starting quarterback is so high that like at number one number whatever like a top five pick 
it's worthy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, man. He's, he, he's going to be great. I mean, I think the only thing that would cut his career short other than an injury would be him just saying, you know, I don't want to do this forever. Maybe kind of pulling like an Andrew Luck and getting out before he got, you know, too injured to kind of live the rest of his life. Yeah, but if you what Andrew Luck play like seven, eight years, if he has seven to eight Andrew Luck years for the Jaguars, I'm sure they'd be perfectly happy with that. <laughs> I don't know, man. They, you know, they, they did start Blake Bortles at one point. So who knows? That, that, that proves my point though. Like, <laughs> like they're going from Blake Bortles there to <laughs> Trevor Lawrence and not a lot of time. So. Right. Anyway, I think we're, getting past the 35 minute mark. So I'm going to put a pin in it here unless there's anything else you want to get to. No, I mean, I, like I said, congrats to all the guys that are uh, going to get drafted. Congrats on your dreams coming true. Yeah. And that's going to pretty much do it for our NFL draft preview coverage. We do have an episode, obviously as normal scheduled for Wednesday night, but we're thinking we're going to kind of, since by the time you're listening to it, it might be like during after the draft, we'll, maybe make it a basketball theme or something we, we haven't decided yet, but obviously then the following Sunday, which will be the draft fresh off the press. We'll kind of give our reactions to that. Maybe even a way too early 2022 draft preview. Dun, dun, dun. Why not? Let's look ahead. Let's do it. All right, man. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the pipeline ACC podcast.